Hello, everyone, and welcome to His Only Vice, the film podcast where we discuss the movies that shaped us. You guys, I know I say this a lot, but you are in for a real treat this episode. We have one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people to talk to movies about, a mainstay in my Oscar party, probably the only person who has come to every Oscar party I've hosted in the last four, three, four years. Um, Probably, yeah, three years. Um, He's one of my favorite people to talk about movies about, my future husband. Um, Please welcome David Gibbs. (laughs) Gibby, how are you? (laughs) I do not with you. I I was like... Although, I was like, I was like, how can I throw him off guard? Oh, right, future husband. Right, because um, it happens sooner or later. Right, exactly. How are you, Gibby? I'm so good. I'm so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm overwhelmed with excitement. This is so much fun. Good, so- good, good. I'm so happy to have you. Um, so actually, my first podcast appearance was with you. I think on um the uh, permanent cinema podcast, the the podcast that O hosted before. Uh, the like rebranding as action orson and we did like a um like a like a 20 rounds fight of um uh raging bull versus rocky yes we broke down all the oscar categories and then we voted yes that was fun actually oh my god that was fun that was was like what'd you say that was a big group of people too it was and it was like an epic um episode it was like two and a half hours long (laughs) we talked about those movies for so long um, how have you been? How was your quarantine experience? Um, so much fun. Doing a whole lot of nothing. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> been trying to, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay fit, uh, mm-hmm. trying to stay sane. And uh, what better way to do that than watch a lot of content? So it's been right. like this crushing content, whether it's on Netflix, Hulu, um, or HBO, or just like looking up oldies and just rewatching them. It's just been the best time to do that. That's been like the catalyst of quarantine is like rewatching content. Oh, yeah. I um went on like a TV binge. Like obviously I like watch a bazillion movies, but I sort of took a break from TV. And then I was like, oh, the Emmys are getting like closer and closer, Emmy nominations. And so I just watched so much TV. I watched so many, I watched like all three episodes or all three seasons of Ozark in like Same. a week. Absolutely. Maybe less. It was right. it started, it didn't stop. Right. That see that I mean that series is crazy. I knew um, it was good, I didn't know it was that good. Right. And like, I remember being in like a work meeting, like over WebEx or Zoom or whatever. And um, they were, everyone was like, what are you watching right now? And like, it was Tiger King for a while. And yeah. then it was Ozark season three. And I was like, what is this Ozark business? And then I was like, okay, mama, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Jason Bateman, incredible uh, actor and director. Um, really didn't expect that from him, but beyond amazing. Yeah. So, 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 so good. Um, 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 what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Have you started um, Lovecraft, Love, Lovecraft Country? I have not. Great Me tell. neither. That's the um, that's that new Jordan Peele produced like monster series on HBO. Oh yes, yes, yes. Heard of it? No, have not delved into that yet. Okay, okay. I haven't started that one. Have you seen? Have you um, seen? I may destroy you. I have the not. other HBO sh- series. Oh, okay. We gotta watch. We gotta talk about that after. It's annoying me right now because I was all good using a dad's account for HBO, and that was working just like a treat. And then all of a sudden, they went to HBO Max, and now it's a whole new thing. Now I need to pre like reorient my life and try to figure out how I'm gonna do this. Um, <laughs> but obviously, I'm gonna download it because they're gonna have that new um, uh, Snyder's cut for Justice League, and I know I have to be a part of that. So it yeah. is. The the amount of relatability I feel to you saying you need to reorient your life because of HBO that that's the truth that right there that's the truth it's HBO funny. is a big um, presence in my life I need it yes. can't live without wait so when it switched to Max all I did was because spoiler alert I'm stealing my mom's cable login um, right. I literally just put that back in to HBO Max and it still worked interesting no that definitely did not work for me i feel like i don't know that there's like an update or an upgrade that like needs to be acknowledged on like the the owner of the cable um i'm not sure but like definitely didn't work for me i'm gonna keep trying it though See, that's that's fucked up conversation with dad real quick and be like hey yeah hey this? hey daddy um can you maybe switch to hbo max <laughs> right so i too can have it right. um Okay, so speaking of HBO, this, this, that was the first streaming service to drop the movie that we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, <laughs> let's go ahead and get, let's, let's let the listeners in on some of your tastes. Let's let them get to know the exquisite being that is David Gibbs. Oh my goodness. David, what are some of your favorite movies? Drum roll, please. 
so difficult. And like when I, I like I anticipated that you were gonna ask this question and I knew like how do I break it down? Maybe we could do a top three. I don't I not there was just no way to break this down. So like I mean you with like a, a just a bunch. You know me, I'm a list freak, so sure. lay it down. And we'll uh, we'll let the wind take us where it takes us with this. Yeah. So wait, for, are oh, you a Virgo, Dave? Oh, I'm not a Virgo. I'm for some Okay, I don't know why I thought you were, but anyway. Most people gauges are off. Apparently, I come off as a as a what's called a, a Scorpio. So um, interesting. Why would it lie? My roommate Aaron's a Scorpio, so he'll be glad to hear that. And so is Kai. So is Kai. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense now. Um, okay, so lead us in. Where are we starting? Yeah. So, and I honestly, I feel like I shouldn't even start with this one because I feel like everyone does. Uh, at least I grew up in our generation. Um, the Dark Knight, for sure. I'm going to ring out at number one. <laughs> And this isn't in like uh, any chronological order. It's just sure. like I was spewing this off. This is what came to me. Um, so I just recorded an episode with Jesus. I don't know if you guys ever worked together when we were um, at the same place, but um, he set, he started his list with The Dark Knight as well. It's so hard not. not I know. You know what I mean? Because I don't like to fall into that because I feel like it's like not anyone that's even... I mean, whether you're a film enthusiast or not, I mean, you want to talk about quality, you can't ignore the fact that that's quality. So, I mean, you can't ignore Nolan, period. <laughs> period. Literally, period. The, whole, the whole cinematic world is on pause right now. Well, because of COVID, but also <laughs> waiting for Christopher Nolan to dictate how it's going to continue. Tenet Absolutely. is literally like the new, is the benchmark for how we will proceed. It really is. I've been reading a lot of reviews on that too. And I'm really anxious to just get my own take on it. But yeah, it's supposed to be coming out September 3rd in select theaters that are open, as it says. Listen, I'm going back to Vermont on September 3rd. And you know, I'm risking my life to see Tenet in a theater. Bitch, you can count on that. <laughs> I know you will. And then you can zoom me in. Right, right. Um, cool, cool, cool. But if we're talking about Nolan, so we have Dark Knight. And then um, of course. Inception. Oh, Inception. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep listening because if we just pause to talk about them, we're gonna die. Um, yeah, yeah. So- just just get a bunch yeah. out and then we'll 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 circle back. If we need to. Right, right. So Inception, um, Hereditary, um, Lady Bird, Psycho, one of my personal favorite favorites. Rear Window, Breathless, Fight Club, Godfather, Nolan Again with Prestige, Parasite, and Grand Budapest Hotel. You really, you yeah. you really know how to pander to your audience with that list. Yeah. Your audience being me. <laughs> um, so let's let's start with Parasite because me and you shared a special <laughs> moment of watching Parasite win Best Picture next to each other and then scream, proceeding to scream for a good ten seconds. So I have a video of listeners who were not there. I have a video of me and David screaming when Parasite won Best Picture at the Oscars last year. People doubted it. People doubted it. And we believed from start to end. We believed. We did. We did. And literally every time Bong would win, we just started screaming. And there was a 40 second video of us absolutely going off. Me, David, um, Kevin, who's a previous guest of the pod, um, his boyfriend, Kai. We, we all were all just like freaking out. Um, Parasite is truly one of the best movies ever made. And did you know it's um, number one on Letterboxd for, for narrative? Crazy. Crazy. Um, in terms of some of the others, love the Hitchcock um, uh, yeah. Um, shout outs in there. Rear, mm-hmm. Rear Window is my favorite Hitchcock movie. Um, I love Psycho, obviously, because I'm a horror freak. I'm a little, I'm a little horror slut. Yeah, that's what opened the door for me. So it was downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uphill, some might say. Right. Um, Hereditary, <laughs> I just got the screenplay of. I just got the, I think we were talking about this, how A24 released the screenplay. Yes, we were talking about it. I was telling you how jealous I am, yes. Yeah, I got that shit on lock day one. I was like, oop, that's going to be mine. So order that, just got that. Pretty sure it sold out. Um, shout out to A24 real quick. Just love Yeah, them. just shout out. I mean, you, did, you listed some good A24s in there. Lady Bird, of course, ruined my entire life. Um, <laughs> absolutely obsessed with that movie. Um, what else was in there? Um, Grand Budapest, I literally, you can see the poster behind me on my wall. <laughs> um, for those of you who are not in this Zoom conference, well, you're missing out, but there is a Grand Budapest poster so, directly over my shoulder, <laughs> so um, which I also have um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Call Me By Your Name, and Carol. So we're really just queering up that wall. 
it to the highest level. Love that. The highest level. Um, some of those, I, I, some of those I haven't seen. There was um, something about sheets or something. Um, which one? Prestige? No, no we, Prestige, of course. Yeah, Nolan. Fight Club, Breathless. Breathless. I haven't seen Breathless. What is that? Breathless is a super fun movie. Um, uh, part of the French New Wave. Um, really just kind of like... Um, uh, like back in like when they were literally just shooting like it, just conversations um, mm-hmm. just a really incredible cast um, forgetting the director great love that um, and I'll have the producer look it up yeah and um, just an incredible cast where like um, the, the the dialogues really carry carry the carry the plot of the movie and um, the spatial awareness that they have and how literally you can see a dialogue in uh, in a bedroom for like 20 minutes and it still feel like it's in real time and like fast paced it's just um, it's just so different and super organic and it's uh, and it's authentic and it feels like you and I could go shoot that right now if we wanted to and I think that's why I love it so much I love that and the director is Jean Luc Godard who yeah is like a well known um, French New Wave director um okay i literally love all of that but i'm gonna have to be open about something on this podcast right now Please. i have not seen the full godfather trilogy but i am open to it <laughs> okay well i mean you're still i mean second wave of corn of, of of the pandemic you'll you'll you should tackle it then right 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 right. i always make that joke i'm like the last binary is if you have or haven't seen the godfather trilogy and <laughs> i sort of have not but i am open to it i am open to it it's so good. Um, just, just, just. I mean, you know, anything that has to do with uh, with um, with mobs and mafias, and just like what it does in 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 their subculture and in their world. It's just, it's insanity, and it's 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 romantic. It's intense. It's yeah, disturbing. It's everything it needs to be and more. I mean, it's absolutely insane of me. I have like deep imposter syndrome for calling myself a movie lover and not having seen the Godfather trilogy. So like, I'm just going to go fuck myself and then we'll come back to this. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that, that's definitely on the list and has been obviously. Um, okay, so we have, we, have, we have an idea. We have an eclectic taste. We love to see it. And you know, Tony Collette's my girl. So like, we don't need to focus on Hereditary anymore. Um, movie stars were some of your favorite movie stars movie stars yes i feel like i'm going to be reiterating people that christopher nolan loves but i mean if he loves them why wouldn't i <laughs> exactly uh, who am i to not love but christian bale for sure and i mean if we're not even talking about nolan movies i mean the guy is just i mean yeah i mean you and i have geeked out over him since day one i think that's what probably sparked our friendship <laughs> honestly yeah probably <laughs> um i think i remember like i actually like sort of remember the day that we met because I found out that you were a film student. And I was like, oh, it's on and popping. Um, I remember you were wearing like, you had like your pink watch at the time. Yes. And uh, you were like, oh yeah, I'm like commuting from Princeton. I go to Pace. I said, okay, I went to Pace for a year, right? This, this is how that conversation went, right? Yes, yes. Oh my God. Um, yes. Memory, memory. Um, so Christian Bale, I just rewatched American Psycho. Oh, Mama. Robbed, robbed of an Oscar. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, robs of a supporting um, for a Ford versus Ferrari. Hello, I'm, I'm gutted by that. I was like, not even. <sighs> I'm so confused. I love him so much. He's just so dedicated. It's was he not nominated for that? No, nothing, nothing. Crazy. That that's wild. Wait, okay. So I saw that movie. Um, in theaters by myself and was like i'm gonna hate this i was home in vermont and i went at like 9 30 and i was like a racing movie kill me Ugh. and then um but i knew christian was in it so i was like okay i have to give it a chance and i surprisingly and now famously love that movie <laughs> love that movie. so was, insane the end of it i was like what's happening right now and like i'm like okay i'm loving it's burnt all of a sudden i'm reloving matt damon i don't know what's happening but i'm here for it um so tracy letts has that great moment in the car where he breaks down. <laughs> so good. Speaking of Ladybird. Um, anyway, okay, so Christian, we everyone, everyone who knows me knows I love Christian Bale. So I don't have to talk about that anymore. He's, he's on another level. Um, Tom Hardy, I um think. Um, in a little weird space, he's kind of like it seems like he's typecasted almost as like a villain or as a tough guy or as the 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 brute the the brute, if you will. Um, but I mean, if you do it so well, why not? You know? And um, in every role that he's there, I just, um, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for him and I realized I shouldn't be. And I'm like, but this is happening. There's a reason that's happening. And that's because he's so talented. 
love. Yeah. Who else? Heath Ledger. Oh. Love him to death. Yeah. It makes me hurt, hurts my heart a little bit to talk about it, but love him to death. Um, I don't think we can not love Leo. Um, I um yeah, I can leave. I, fam- I famously have strong opinions on Leonardo DiCaprio, um, but yeah, ultimately I do appreciate and like his work. Um, do I think he's like God's gift to the American cinema? Maybe not, but I do think he's good. But I do think he's good, yeah. And I, I also appreciate consistency a lot. Like I, I was going to add um, one another one of your favorites, Jake Gyllenhaal, but like I, I just based on everything else that I had, I couldn't do it. But like when I was thinking about consistency and I was thinking about like the chameleon effect, I was like, Honestly, Jake is really incredible, and I don't think it's talked about enough. And I'm actually surprised that his career hasn't been like as 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 let's say awarded as I feel like it could potentially be. But you know, the fact that he does not—I could name five Jake Gyllenhaal performances that should have won him an Oscar, and he doesn't have any. Barely any nominations. Barely. I think the last uh, one probably broke back mountain. It's just like, what? Yeah, um, I think that was the the first and only. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It probably is the only. Um, do, 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 do. Mahershala. Okay, obviously love Jake. Oh, Mahershala. Okay, wait, have you seen Rami? What? No, but it's on my list. Um, because, yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's on my list. I, and I, I, I didn't realize he was such a big uh, character that I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I did see him, which is really cool, but also, um, yeah, his performances on screen are just like, Yeah, I mean, he is, he, he's like vibrating on another frequency always. Um, he is so good in Rami, and that show is so good. I, I watched... I had not seen a single episode when I started one weekend recently. Finished it in two days. Both seasons, two days. Just like a season a day. Is that Apple TV? Um, Hulu. It's Hulu. It's Hulu. It's Hulu. It's Hulu. Okay, okay, okay. Um, But yeah, love him. Love him. Love him. Should have actually got snubbed for what I truly believe. I think you also resonated with me when we thought that you should have won an Oscar for a leading performance in Green Book. Um, But whatever. Yes, I, uh, we have strong opinions about Green Book, but he was phenomenal in that movie, but it was category fraud, and the winner of supporting that year should have been Richard E. Grant. That's all I'm going to say. 100%. 100%. Um, moving right along, Daniel Day-Lewis, um, just from his last two performances in Phantom Threads and also Lincoln, um, I mean, he is the king of method, and, and, and like most people, like they, they use that term, but I, I don't really think that it suits them, and I don't really think that they're truly embodying that, but he yeah, really takes on his characters and like becomes who they are for, 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 for six months to a time. And you can see that in his work. And it's, 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 almost, it's almost transcending. It's almost scary. Yeah, he is like on another level. Um, and then I have Robert De Niro because of just being a Renaissance man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, the, the, American, the American cinema owes so much to Robert De Niro. So like, of course, we have to give it up. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. And if we're moving on to the ladies. Moving on to the ladies. Um, well, I'm, really I'm, actually, I'm actually excited to hear this list because I don't think we've ever really discussed who you, some of your favorite actresses are. I don't think so, but I also feel like it's pretty obvious because we like a lot of the same directors and they cast a lot of these people, but um, sure. Florence Pugh. Come oh, on. Yes. So good. Yeah, um, really Florence excited. Pugh is like the new, she's like going to be the new it girl. For sure, really excited about her. She's 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 mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Sarah C. Ronan. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing that she can't do. I, I feel like yeah. she's the next Meryl. You know what I mean? Like she literally will just show up to do like this little job, and all of a sudden be nominated for an Oscar for it. And it's like, oh well. I mean, honestly, why not? I know it's crazy. It's like, has she been in a movie that she that she hasn't been nominated for an Oscar? Hmm, let me check. Um, she really something like what? I can't. Right. Um, I can think of like one movie on Chisel Beach or whatever that like random movie she did was. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, wait, what was I going to say about, oh, I feel like everyone always says when they think of Saoirse Ronan, they're like, oh, she's the next Meryl. And like, it's true. <laughs> it's really hard not to, not to see that. Um, yeah. Anne Hathaway. I'm a big fan of Anne Hathaway. Um, and okay. I'll be happy to admit I have been since Princess Diaries. Um, I mean, that is the yeah. Anne Hathaway performance. It, it really is. I think it's the peak. I think it's when we knew. <laughs> I mean, if, if the Oscars had any sense or cared at all about comedies or horror movies, Anne Hathaway would have an Oscar for The Princess Bride so or she, The Princess Diaries. I think we could do a full episode on just like why why comedy is just snubbed. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Please don't get me started. Yeah, I won't. Um, Viola Davis. Love her I dad. mean, 
come on. Just I always generation. say <laughs> generational wealth. Generational wealth. That yeah, I mean, right. come on. She. <laughs> I always real. say there's two women who do um, women in distress better than anyone else, and it's Julianne Moore and Viola Davis. Yeah, it's Julianne Moore. Too. <laughs> yeah. Nobody gives unhinged breakdowns, full snot, horizontal Ooh. tears like yeah. Viola Davis <laughs> and I'm Julianne Moore. Hair pulling. That's so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Emma Stone, who uh, uh. like. Longest time I wanted not to like her, and I still, low key, want to not like her. Yeah, but she shows up and she kills it, and I like can't be so mad at her, and I can't be mad at the people that cast her, and I can't be mad at Hollywood for it. She's just, she's just really good. Yeah, I was just talking to Jesus about this earlier. Um, she is just like so effervescent, and like it just seems so easy for her. Like she's just on screen, and like it's so alluring, and like it, she sort of has like become the butt of like so many like film Twitter jokes. Like, oh, there's Emma Stone with her big eyes and her red hair. Like, yeah, I mean, the awkwardness, but it's working for me. And right, and like she obviously has an amazing publicist because she won that Oscar for La La Land six months before that movie even come at, came out. So, <laughs> work, sis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? So good. And then I have Margot Robbie, who um, I also didn't want to like at first because I was like, okay, you're a blonde bombshell. So I get it. Everyone's going to give you these roles. It doesn't matter whether you're good or not. She's amazing, man. It doesn't matter. That, that is true. Like, I feel like people could write her off so easily because she's so hot and like so perfect looking. Like she's so symmetrical and blonde and has an Australian accent and right. everything about her is like the male fantasy to a T um like the traditional patriarchal male fantasy to a t yeah. everything about margot robbie is perfect and she is also extremely talented and do i think she should have won an oscar for i Tonya? yeah i oh, do you brought it up because i was like after i Tonya, i was sold i was yeah. sold when she has that scene where she's looking in the mirror and she's just all of a sudden trying to pull it together but literally decomposing in front of us i was like okay girl i'm here I'm- with you my body's vibrating thinking about how much I love that performance. I'm, I'm upset. Like, it just makes me so angry that she's so good in that movie. Um, sure. And I love Frances McDermott, but give it to Margot. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm ta- and I'm, of course, referencing Frances McDermott winning for three billboards that year over Margot. Any Hoosier. And that's a really good movie. What'd you say? Three billboards. Also, like, a really, really good movie. So, okay, I have... I'm sort of I'm sort of glad we went down this tangent for a second on three billboards. I have very complicated thoughts about Martin McDonough um, and that movie in general. Um, first of all, he's dating people while our bridge, which makes me extremely jealous. <laughs> um, but even more so, so three bridges I sort of like go back and forth on because um, obviously everyone's brilliant, but the whole like redemption of a racist cop like that quickly narrative while also sort of like squandering the female lead at the same time, I was kind of like, really, is this where this movie's going to go? Like it, it started so like strong with like being focused on Francis's character and like a very driving narrative. And then it sort of switched gears. And I was like, really, is this what we're going to do? Fair, fair. I see where you're coming from. But I mean, for me, I think just focusing on Francis was just like, she was driving for me the entire time. And I'm just literally looking through the lens all the time, like through her. And also, um, Woody Harrelson as well. I thought, you know, I'm like, like, no, well, okay, that is a spoiler. Yeah, after he shot himself, I was just like, you know what? I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, There's ultimately- like, force complexity, but I'm, I'm here for it now. And also, but like, I, I'm there with you where like, I'm not really feeling um, Sam Rockwell so much in that, but at the same time, like it is a good performance, but I'm not feeling it so much. Yeah, yeah, I really, I do think Sam Rockwell is so talented and he- did give the most brazen um, sporting performance that year. That's for sure. Like he was definitely like in the role that was like, give me an Oscar. Another yeah, movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, we could ha- we could have a whole discussion about that. There was like sixty million think pieces written about that movie. So if you want to go look them up, go look them up. Um, that oh wow, there was this huge lightning on my window. Okay, thunderstorm brewing. <laughs> um, anyway, any hoodle. Um, did you have any other ones? Did we did we reach the list? I think we reached the list. That was like those are like of my thought process right now, which could probably change tomorrow. That's why when you asked me this, I was like, honestly, I have no even idea if these are actually authentic to my true self. But like, I'm gonna go with it right now. Tomorrow could change, but that's okay. Then look at that. You are being authentic to your true self because you're living in the moment. 
Um, we love to see it. We love it's it's the authentic it's the authenticity for me, as the TikTok girls would say. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's the it's the Margot Robbie for me. Um, okay, David, what movie did you bring to his only vice to discuss today? Ladies and gentlemen, Get Out by Jordan Peele. I mean, drop the mic on that one. And that's our time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been great, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, Get Out. I mean, just one of the greatest movies of the 2010s, bar none. Genre, like, defying, culture, um, changing. Let's, let, let, let's, let's, first of all, let's set up the movie before we get into our discussion. So... Um, Get Out came out in 2017. It was a 2017 release um, by Jordan Peele, who wrote and directed it, who up to this point had really only been known for his sketch comedy as a part of the um, sketch comedy group, you know, Key and Peele. Um, and which, of course, had left its own mark on culture, um, being like two black men leading a sketch show, being so successful, being um, like when I first started at UCB, it was like all we watched to like learn how to write a sketch. Um, so no, he had, right. He like had a name for himself, but then he sort of switched gears and now he's sort of doing this horror movie or like TV thing. And yeah. so this was his directorial debut. Um, it was released um, first at Sundance in January and then had its wide release pretty, it had a pretty quick turnaround time in February. And now that right. sort of that sort of time chunk of like January to March is sort of like considered like a dead zone for people who want to win awards for their with for their with their movies because people tend to forget about them, right? Like the the previous year's Oscars haven't even happened yet, usually. So like um or they have just happened. Um and so this movie came out and became an a sleeper hit, right? It was an absolute smash. Um, it was a, like a $4 million budget, four and a half, five million million budget. And it ended up making like 255 million, which made it one of the like most um, financially successful movies of the 2017 year. I think it was like the 10th most profitable that year. Um, so this little horror movie by Jordan Peele, who had only been known as a comedy writer, Just like takes the fuck off, right? Um, it starred uh, Daniel Kaluuya, who was also sort of like, being introduced to the American zeitgeist with this. Um, Allison Williams, who had only really done Girls, the, te the television show, the television program, um, where <laughs> she played like a completely unlikable hipster millennial, which is not um, that far off of what she's playing in <laughs> Get Out. There we go. Um, but, and then it has like the great Bradley Whitford, who um, most American audiences will know from West Wing. And um, Catherine Keener makes an amazing um, sort of return to the American uh, public with this movie. Uh, and then there's all kinds of like amazing supporting performances by Caleb Landry Jones, who's like the crazy brother. Lakeith Stanfield is in there. Um, Lil uh, Rel Howery, he's like the, the amazing friend. And then of course, Betty Gabriel, who the New York Times was saying was like giving the best performance, one of the best performances that year um, as, yeah, yeah, as the maid. So David, where do we even begin with this one? That's such a good question. <laughs> um, I want to begin with the fact that every time I watch this movie, and I've seen it probably, I would say probably six times, um, I notice new details. Some yep. of the details that I wanted to harpen on, uh, harken in on, on before we dive into like our favorite parts and whatever, are so. The movie, the first song we hear, other than like the sort of orchestral piece in the beginning, is yeah. Redbone by yeah. Childish Gambino, yes. whose main message is stay woke. Stay woke. So it starts with that. And then we get a little, like a few more details with my dad would have voted for Obama for a third time, which we've now learned is like the go-to thing to sort of prove that you're not racist. Um, <laughs> when the car that they're, what do you say? No, I was like, when in doubt, drop Barry O and you'll be okay. <laughs> right, right. And then um, I noticed that they're driving a Lincoln as an Abraham Lincoln, freer of slaves in, you know, American history books. They're driving a Lincoln okay. car. The deer scene is paralleling the mom lying cold and alone after her car accident. Um, the house deer that they... 
cameras also. The deer is just insane as in its entirety. I'd yeah, I'd I was like, I need to ask David what he thinks about this scene. Um, the, the home is a plantation style house. It has those traditional white columns. Um, what else? What else? Oh, the dad losing to Jesse Owens, the, like the father of the um, doctor. It was like an ex-Olympian who, who loses to Jesse Owens, which is, you know, a famous black athlete. Um, and then there was one other, oh, and then they say, welcome to the coagula. That's like the whole like sunken place, like surgery thing. And a coagula is a mass of coagulated matter, which is like so crazy because they're taking the brain from someone else and putting it into somebody else. So I was like, oh my God, all these little details. Vanity. There's just too much. It's actually overwhelming how much there is. It's crazy. The amount of like thought and care that went to this screenplay is crazy. Okay. Um, what's your favorite part? Why don't we start with like an accessible part of like the part that gets you the most excited? Oh my gosh, my favorite part. I mean, I have two favorite parts. I think that my first favorite part is probably, um, um, probably the dinner scene. Okay, which one? Um, the yes, yeah, so the dinner scene. I mean, I guess when they're just all sitting at the table and they're having a dialogue about like, um, like what she like what she was hooking up with back in high school and how she put his tongue and then like the brother is just becoming slowly and slowly unhinged and then he just kind of goes into like this little this super unhinged moment where he's just talking about pretty much black bodies and like their genetic makeup and like if you just like really buckle down you don't pussy around and you and you and you and you really go at it you could become a beast like quickly just correlating black bodies with animals and i'm just like what is happening right now and yeah. all all the while when i'm like thinking about this i'm like these these moments that make us that remind us of horror like in actuality the only reason why it's horror is because we're watching it on film but like in actuality this is this is real life this is 100 percent a real a real dialogue that we Ugh. see and don't see right yeah yeah oh thank you for bringing that up like that is like even like I didn't even think of like equating it to being like an animal or something. I just immediately was like in horror movie mode, right? Like a beast, like a monster. Yeah. So thank you for grounding that and like offering that perspective. Um, that yeah. scene is, it is so well written and the, the like pacing and the tension and everything. It just like, it sets up the movie. I would say that's the first apex of the movie. It's the yeah. first point where we're like, Oh, this is about getting- to get crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like, like you're that you're that girl. We, we, you're that girl we always knew you were. Right, um, right, right, right. We were hoping, right. for it, but you are in full form. Um, yeah. Right. There's also like you were mentioning the deer before. The deer is behind him also while he's at dinner. I don't know if you noticed. There's another mounted deer behind him, literally right behind Chris, um, Daniel Kiello's character. And I'm just like, there it is again. So he's giving us our second warning, like already that like he's going to be this 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 body that's going to be a mounted like, trophy mounted trophy right right on the wall and like done oh my god i didn't even notice that deer of course i noticed like the deer that he ends up killing bradley whitford with right which is like so much of a symbol in that scene um yeah. in this in the basement but wow yeah i didn't even notice the deer see now i have to go back and watch it again <laughs> this is why i love this movie because like i could just watch it over and over and over and never catch everything so good um uh yeah and um do, 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 do. so i can yeah. offer one of my favorite parts while you um brainstorm or mediate um i am obs- like i think the first sunken place scene was like a like a movie a genre defying moment that year um when she first says sink like when her voice drops and he like yeah. sinks into the first of all Catherine keener is giving you everything in that oh. scene um and that 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 like cinematography where he's sort of drifting and all you see is like the camera of like him looking up like his life is a tv crazy crazy that scene is absolutely amazing um i also love the um part where she oh so sort of like we'll talk about that after anyway do you have um before we move on do you have any other scenes that you like absolutely love I mean, I mean, the other scene that I love, obviously, is, like, because it's, like, every boyfriend's, like, nightmare is, like, stumbling upon your girlfriend's photos of her ex-boyfriends. And, like, that moment, because the door is completely off the hinge at this point. We're, like, oh, no. 
this bitch really is next level crazy. Like she's a clear sociopath. What am I going to do now? How do I get out of here? I'm instantly thinking how I get out of here. And it also bogs my mind because he's a photographer, right? So he's always looking through lenses, always looking at photos. So for him, this intimacy with the photograph is just like propelling him into this completely new space. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. This oh my is- God. I didn't even like, I didn't even tie the, the, uh, or connect the dots on the photography thing with that too. He is. Yeah. A photographer. And I'm just um, it's so funny because it shows up later when she's eating her, her, her fruit loops and her milk, those photos are up on the wall. She spends some time and like puts her photos back in her, in her, in her, um, in her things and puts them back on yeah. the wall. And I'm like, okay, so you're just, this is what your room normally looks like. I like yeah. that for you. And so I'm so fucking glad you brought up that scene because I so badly wanted to share this, this story I heard from Jordan Peele. So um, I saw on Twitter, somebody like had gone to a question and answer with, okay, so let me back up a little bit. So somebody had posted a, a still of that shot of Allison Williams, like, reaching into the fruit loops and then taking a sip of the milk separately so basically what's happening is she's drinking the milk for those uh, it well first of all if you haven't seen it like stop listening and go watch because this is obviously going to be spoiler galore and this is a movie you don't want spoiled um so she's she's sipping the milk and eating the fruit loops separately and somebody um in this q a with jordan peele was like you know you were intending symbolism with that scene right you know like separating the white from the color And he was like, you know, I like that, but really I just tried to think of, um, or I like that, but no, that's not what I was doing. I really was just trying to think of the world's most psychotic snack. And for me, that was Fruit Loops and milk separately, which I love that. (laughs) I think that that's what's so great about this movie is I think like, because I remember seeing an interesting interview similar to that where he's going on Reddit and you just see all these incredible theories that people are able to make, which some could work, really, truly some could work. And I'm like, wow, I mean, that's not too far off the beaten path. Right, right. That I, I was like, that actually could be a symbol in this movie, like given the social context. Um, but so in terms of themes, and like, as we like sort of transition from specific scenes to themes, um, gaslighting is such a big um, theme in this movie that I never really noticed until I rewatched it again this time. I mean, of course, I had noticed, but I never really like put a word or like a, a common um, link between all these moments. So basically... Um, they all try to gaslight him into thinking they're not racist, right? Like I would have voted for Obama a third time, um, seeing Jesse Owens, you know, stick it to Hitler during his Aryan, you know, whatever. Um, uh, there's so many moments of, um, oh, you think just because, um, you're so sexy that people are going to like unplug your phone. Um, like she's like making all these jokes to like make him like basically gaslight him into thinking like, um, we're normal, everything's fine. And you see that, that, that it's such a prevalent thing in 2020, that movie like aged into 2020 so well, because we have like an entire administration Perfect. trying to gaslight a whole country into thinking that like what they're doing isn't absolutely psychotic. So I just like, I, to watch it now is like, it just has like another level of relevance. Yeah, I mean, it's really pivotal to remind us that like when he was writing this film, he was writing it with the intention of reminding everyone that like we're not in a post-racial society like we may have elected a black president but this is just a stint in time and so we need to remind ourselves that that's really not actually the world that we live in in an anti-racist world it could not be like i mean it's just like we could we can keep watching this movie year after year and it just feels like it's going to be made within that respected year and i think that's what's so brilliant about that movie and so relevant and so so poignant and it was really poignant that a black director wrote it and directed it and 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 he's literally using so many of his own personal experiences going through this film. Yeah. That's why for, for me, for a black person who's also been in multiple interracial relationships, you know, and you think about this and you're going on this journey with him and it's just the most uncomfortable thing. So as a white viewer, you're like, oh, this is horrific. But for us, this is just like, yeah, this is another day. If you want to go back to that opening scene, we're watching, um, uh, when we're watching uh, the Keith Steinfeld um, in the beginning, and he's walking away from that car, and he's like, "Nope, not me, not today. Nope, ain't gonna happen to me. I know how y'all play, brothers." And like, walks the <laughs> other direction and does it again. And then in that moment, you're like, "Nope, he got got." And like, that is just something that is just so, so real that it, it may seem scary because it's on screen. But like, as our society has taught us in the past year, 
that's something that happens on a regular basis, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like, it is, it is such a, like, as, you know, a white viewer, um, it is, so, it's so interesting to watch now with like the conversation about anti-racism. Like it's not just enough to be um, not racist, you need to be anti-racist. It's so interesting to watch this movie now with this new perspective, because again, like what you keep saying, for me watching it, I was like, oh, this is just a horror movie. But like, then there's that, that sub level of, oh no, this is reality. And that's why it's a horror movie for black audiences and black people and black Americans. So um, that, and that's another reason why, like when the Golden Globes nominated it for fucking musical or comedy, Jordan Peele was like, the oh, only yeah. comedy about this is white people nominating this as a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is a horror movie, bitch. Like a hundred percent. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so much of the movie, like the themes are, it's so, and also like the other brilliant thing about Jordan is like, um, he gives us that like comedic relief in Rod, the, the TSA agent who becomes the hero. And what's so also, what's right. also so amazing about that and is so um, special about a black person re like or telling their own narrative and reclaiming this narrative about the sidekick is you see this like sort of goofy, like, oh, hell no, like black person in a lot of films that just is there for like the comic relief. But in this movie, he's the fucking hero. He's the guy that saves the day. It's like a complete reclaiming of that like comedic sidekick, quote unquote, to become the actual hero. Even as, again, to go back to gaslighting, all the cops and detectives try to gaslight him into thinking something isn't wrong. And he says, no, 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 you better believe me because I know they're selling him into sex slavery, which isn't of course what they were doing, but like it was, he knew something was wrong. Right, 100%. And I just thought it was so also pivotal that he went to go to the, he went to go to law enforcement to look for a resource. And as a black man, obviously, they didn't give him time of day, right? That's it. Right. That's it. So you got it. You're back on your own again. Okay, now we're back into that reality role again. How do I figure out how to solve this to myself? Because no one else is going to help. And then he does because he's T.S. motherfucking A. And we get the job done or whatever it is that he says. We handle shit. We <laughs> handle shit. That's what it is. We handle shit. So great. He was also, so great. I just think it's um worth noting that outside my window right now there's a huge thunderstorm and everything north of me just went black and then just came back on. I was like, is it just cloudy or did the whole city just go dark? Literally, like all the blocks above me, I think, just went dark, but now the power's back on. Anyway, we're living the apocalypse, the world is ending. <laughs> um, everyone go watch Get Out before it's too late. <laughs> um, what what was it? Oh, okay. So there was another thing that really hit me this time when that I didn't for some reason I didn't catch the first time um the dad when they get to the um Bradley Whitford's character when they get to the um the the house for the when they first arrive they're like oh my god yeah we hit a deer and then oh yes he says I say one down at a hundred thousand more to go and I was like oh my god he's talking about immigrants or black people and I was like holy shit like that line hit different when i watched it this time so good right oh my god that was so good i wish i wrote down the actual quote of the line it's just so good i was like i didn't notice that until the second time as well i was just like oh he literally is thanking them one deer down a thousand more to go which really what he's thinking is like one illegal alien or one because he's he's like making this thing about deers like overtaking the woods or whatever and he literally says i say one down a hundred thousand more to go yep 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 he's talking about black bodies he's talking about immigrants he's talking about anything that is other than the aryan white race that's what he's I talking know. about it's yeah i was like holy moly um insane and then and I, like no go Oh, me? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when he's giving him a tour of the house and he's talking about how there's black mold in the basement. And I'm thinking to myself, so he's talking about black mold. Okay, he's talking about maybe some deteriorated black bodies that are down there as well. And then he's also talking about walking to the next room and he's saying, my mother loved her kitchen, so we keep a piece of her in here at all times. Meanwhile, enter in Georgina and she is the grandmother. So you're just like... She is the piece that they keep in the kitchen. Yeah crazy crazy the, the like the layered dialogue is just out of control um outside of like the screenplay which of course went on to win an oscar um the score is also amazing it like perfectly um accents each moment and each beat like help it's sort of like um um aiding in like the emotional discovery of each scene like it's sort of like dictating how to feel and is like 
oh, if you're not freaked out by this, you fucking should be. So let me add some creepy music. Um, yeah. And so I, I love the, the score in this is like really, really effective. And I remember like, it has like, it, it sort of reminds me of like a Yorgos Lanthimos movie and that it's like got a lot of like really high pitched, um, like crazy um, sharp and like really jarring music that you're kind of like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. And like, I think that's the, what they intended and is like so effective. Yeah, he takes a lot of nods from um, Rosemary's Baby. And mm. in that, I saw parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's on my list because I know that's where you gain inspiration for Get Out. But a lot of that has intentional music at some of the most pivotal moments in that movie. And, and you can feel it the same way and get out and you can feel that he does it again in us as well you yes know, you oh my god yes in, in, in how we should feel if we're yeah. uncertain how to feel um oh and to go okay so circling back to bradley whitford for a second and all the crazy speeches he gives he gives that speech about playing god too which is a parallel to what they try to do to people by like auctioning off people and then putting brains into other people they literally coagulate people and they play god do you remember that speech he gives about wanting to like we're we're here we're we're gods or whatever when he's like leaning over the fireplace right as shit's like hitting the fan okay i needed the setting i needed the setting yes yeah wild and oh oh, okay so obviously of course like the what i think is the best part of this movie is and why i think okay first of all i'm gonna say allison motherfucking williams should have won an oscar for this movie she is so good in this movie and i don't care what anyone says about her because she is kind of like one note in girls and she wasn't great in peter pan live but she listen jordan directed the shit out of her in this movie because she is giving you every beat every facial expression every moment she gets it she knows exactly what movie she's in she knows exactly what she needs to do she knows that she, i mean she's she grew up a rich white woman in new york like she knows these people she knows this type of white person that she's playing and she fully uses it to full effect in this movie and it is so fucking creepy and so good and so effective and i will just get on my soapbox every day screaming about allison williams <laughs> makes this movie work this movie does not work with allison williams performances or without allison's performance without daniel's performance and without Catherine's performance uh, some of the other ones I can be like, okay, fine. Those three, mama, they yeah. make this movie. Um, anyway, so yeah. on that rant, my favorite part of this movie and the best pacing, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier, is in the scene where he's like, hey, baby, where's those keys? Okay, oh, baby, you, you got those keys? And then she's like, oh my God, I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then in an instant, pulls the keys out and says, baby, you know I can't give you these keys, right? And I was like... <laughs> David, when I tell you I screamed, when I, was, when I saw that in the movie theater, everyone was like, oh, hell no. Like, fuck her. Like, everyone knew that was coming. Oh, mess. Crazy. That, I will never forget that moment. That is one of my favorite movie-going moments ever when she pulls those keys out of the um, purse yeah. and when um, you realize, like, what's going on. Yeah, because for the longest time, you're actually rooting for her being on his team. And you are just like, 100%, this girl is with him. She's got his back. She knows these fucking people are psychotic. She knows that they're like really hard. She's like pulling off the most progressive liberal perspective of all time. And you're just like, especially after the way she handled the cop, like that was yeah. such a deliberate scene to show us that she's going out of her way to prove to him that she's going to show that she's there for him just to reaffirm his trust only to make it hurt that much more. Yeah. Which- later on yeah because i was gonna say there was like for the first time i watched it, i was like what's the deal with the cop and the deer scene and then yep. once you like re-watch it you're like oh, okay the deer is one thing and the cop thing is to show allison williams is like hashtag woke she's down for the cause um but then you obviously find out that she's kidnapping black people and taking their brains so clearly she's not about, she's not for the cause but um yeah oh God, so and, the part, and then the part where she's googling like basketball players to find her next victim because they they like want a sports person right. that motherfucking scene that's the same one as the fruit loops like oh god and you're just like god someone get this woman help and then when she has the conversation with rod over the phone and like he's trying to because he's like you're gonna say something i know you're gonna say something stupid you just talk too much and then all of a sudden she gaslights him to go back to the gaslighting I was like, no, this is too much. This when I tell much. you, after that scene, I screamed, give her an Oscar. I was like, so shook that how good she was. It's so good. Her you're, Like you're saying, her performance is so pivotal because if she gives you too much or too little, it, the performance is lost. Yeah. 
which it just, it's, just it's, enough. it's just not as effective if like it's um like the if the commitment's not there it's just like another like like horror villain but this is like someone that you could see as a real person like this is a real sociopath right right and it's just it's so great at the end of the movie like he's you know we always have that joke like black people always have that joke don't i, don't, I hope that i don't have to run off your lawn with your dad shooting a shotgun at me and meanwhile she's coming out blazing with that rifle trying to handle it taking him down Literally. that was that was that wild was crazy for me. wild and then when um the grandfather says let me do it or whatever yes and takes the gun and shoots her and then shoots himself bitch talk about a climax and then so the other um brilliant 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 part of this movie is the ending when the cops roll up and as americans we all think fuck he's surrounded by a white girl covered in blood holding a gun and he's black and now here we are and like dark-skinned black and now the cops have rolled up and you're like oh fuck he just went through all of this and the worst horror of all is that the cops are now showing up because we're we don't trust nobody can trust the cops in america anymore so especially with black bodies and um for that to be the scariest part of the movie is so effective but then to sort of like you know give it sort of that happy ending and to have rod step out is like so brilliant and so jordan peele of him Um, but to have like that real nuanced layer of like the cops coming is just It was so great because I think that I remember hearing in an interview that he really wanted to be able, he wanted to use the original ending, which was him actually being stopped by the police officers and being yes. taken, right? And so America being America, we were able to create that version of it for ourselves already in real time. And then he could give us that one that actually gives us an escape, that actually gives us hope, that actually gives us happiness and we can right. walk out feeling good. That's just, that's brilliance. That was brilliant. Yeah. And there was another version of the ending. So I think he had like four or five versions of this movie ending. And another one was him um, with Chris, um, with, with Rod showing up to the house and Rod being like, Chris, Chris, Chris. And Chris being like, I, I assure you, I don't know who that is or I haven't seen him or whatever as in the surgery actually went through. Wow, the surgery went through, they were successful. Oh, that's yeah. not okay. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah so there's, there was like all kinds of different endings, but I think the one they went with is perfect. Perfect yes. ending. Absolutely. And then it just sort of ends with like him driving off, like staring out the window, like what the fuck just happened? Which then is like, okay, another like lens into black trauma. So um, it just like, Absolutely. it ends perfectly. There's so many layers, um, but yeah. So crazy. Such a, such a really good part. And I saw this one quote that was really incredible too. That was like, like kind of wrapping up like the plot of the movie, like literal plot of like the Armitage's family is that they're happy to sell Chris's body. And that symbolizes a sublet reality in a world in which white people are happy to benefit from privilege, but the liberal ideals are limited that by their attachment to a status quo that makes them the dominant class. So like the entire time, we're just reaffirming the fact that they are happy to be in that position so long as they get to stay elevated and they're going to give up those bodies. Also, can we talk about the auction scene? We, the, the auction, like, because <laughs> not too long ago, I rewatched um, 12 Years a Slave and I'm like, I don't even know which one makes me more comfortable. Yeah. These are, two, these are two auction scenes and you don't get a lot of those in cinema. And like, Oh my God, a slave auction scene done that was done so well. I love that there's just no talking. Everything is visual because we all know what's going on. And, and just, just the level of unease, the level of uncomfort, the level of, of, of yeah. Just and the reveal that they're auctioning off Chris. That is like, whew, that is some powerful, powerful shit right there. That is like movie making at its finest. Too much. Um, I'm so glad you brought that scene up because that's another thing like, another like um not so subtle but subtle detail of like this party that turns into an auction on a ho- on a property that looks like a plantation house run by a bunch of rich white people basically dressed in plantation clothing so it's like yeah. to take that and put that in a movie in 2017 and modernize the context as a horror movie genius mama genius thank god he won an oscar for that screenplay oh so good while they all arrive in their black cars ready to leave in their black bodies which looks like a funeral procession yes you notice that too 100 percent. crazy 
And they're Crazy. all really red, which like makes me think that this is like sort of like a cultish, like 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 grouping, like sort of an alchemist group or something like that. I also saw another thing online that maybe they're members of the Knights of Templar, which is like in the beginning where he's wearing that knight's helmet. It could be something that is literally prehistoric so far back that they're trying to honor like their ancestors. It's just like right oh, like so crazy it almost feels real it's like it's almost like crusadery it's like they're going on this like crusade to like um fix or better these black bodies by like putting their their friends or their memories brains to get like they're basically just like and it's again like just a mirror holding up to um american society of like oh yeah we only want black people for their creativity or we only want black people to wait on us or we only want black people to play sports for us and you see you literally saw that today when the nba was like fuck you all you want us for is entertainment we're not gonna comply so like for that literally to happen today it just like makes this movie like age better and better Speaking of that, also, let's just quickly go back to when he's sitting in the chair and he's, um, and he's watching that video and he's talking about the fact that if we could just com- could combine your physical genetic traits with our minds, we would be unstoppable. But he also scratches his way out using cotton to put cotton in his ears. Hello, using the one thing that we were used to for hundreds and hundreds of years to give money to in, the, in the hands of white people only to be the tool to his freedom, I mean, if that's not, I don't know. David, I did not even think about the material being cotton. I'm literally speechless. Like, the amount of details that you, it's just like, it's insane, insane. Oh my God, thank you for pointing that out. Holy shit. Literally, if you guys could see my face, my (laughs) jaw just dropped just now when he said that. Whoa. That messed me up. That messed me up. Whoa. I was like, thank you, George. And you know what's funny is when I rewatched it this time, I forgot. I was like, wait, how does he get out? I couldn't remember like how he, uh, to borrow the titular phrase, I couldn't remember how he actually got out. Um, yeah. Killed yeah. me. Wow. Killed me. That one yeah. insane. Also, this really random, so like I was looking up just theories just because it's really fun to do so sometimes. In I mean, us, especially with this one. Yeah, in us, like, so there's this whole thing that like maybe the two movies are in the same universe. Okay. And, so, like in the opening shot in Us, we have this television prompter, and on the we have this television on the side. We have a VHS, uh-huh. and the VHS is the movie the two uh, the men with two brains, which is about uh, which is about Steve Martin in an 80s sci-fi comedy in which he is a doctor working with a mad scientist, keeping brains alive to transfer them to new bodies, like that's the coagula surgery in its entirety yeah wait so that's one of the movies in the tv of us when in that opening shot when it's on when it's lingering on that entertainment that's system one of the, yeah that's Whoa. one of the VHS right next to the tv and i was like maybe when he makes a couple more movies maybe we'll figure out this is all part of the same universe i don't know maybe it's not but that one that one got me a little bit because i was like why would he do that why not or unless he just loves to just fuck with people and like make us dig into this shit because we eat it up i think that too yeah, I love that Easter eggy bullshit. And I love that he won't say like anything about us. He's like, yeah, it's whatever it is, whatever you think it is. Whatever you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lo- and I, lo- I love so much that he's like, re- he's really reshaping horror. Um, both, both Get Out and Us, say what you will about us because I know it's like sort of polarized people. Um, I personally loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, say what you want about us. I mean, you can't possibly speak ill about Get Out. There's just no way. And if you do, then get out of my life um and uh period period and that's on period <laughs> um but say what you want about us like he is like changing the game like horror wise yeah i would say like um and lupita was robbed she was robbed because how do you play two people i don't know like completely a- insane the vocal work everything it's to, to die i cannot the mannerisms the gestures the oh god all of it yeah yeah um Anyway. So, scarier, us or get out? What I think was scarier? Um, scarier, yeah. I'm most uh, curious people. In terms of what was like rooted in reality, get out is the most nightmarish because it really does parallel the real world. But us was definitely more jump scary. It was like, it was way more intense. And like yeah. that scene in, um, with Elizabeth Moss in her, in, her, in her character's house, 
Oof, I saw I saw it in like a big Dolby theater and I was like clutching the seats. I was like, oh my God, why do I put myself through these things? Um, but I do think, That's I think good. us, us was more of a, uh, us was more cinematic. So it was like a bit more of a ride. Like there was like the, the circumstances were a bit more heightened. Um, the, it was a bit more um, uh, like sci-fi-y, horror-y, like um, it wasn't as believable to be real life, right? Like, whereas Get Out is like, okay, this literally is happening. Um, whereas Us was like, it was, it was more like quote unquote monster movie than like um, social commentary. Although obviously it had thick levels of social commentary. It's presentation was more like, this is a horror movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's like get out. You weren't sure it was even going to be a horror movie until you got to the like middle of the movie. Right. Um, to sort of draw a parallel to like Ari Aster, who I think is sort of um, Jordan Peele's brother in redefining horror. Um, he Hereditary is a horror movie. Midsommar yeah. is a movie about lifelike circumstances that are horrific. Right. So, yeah. I think Jordan Midsommar is like, in his mind, one of the scariest movies he's ever seen. Yeah. Which is, I believe it. I truly believe it. Yeah, Midsommar's crazy. Um, okay, so if people liked Get Out, what movie would you recommend as well? If you oh have any. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, we can break it out into two categories. So if you are a film enthusiast and you just really want to dive into Jordan Peele's mind, truly watch um, uh, Stepford Wives, Rosemary's Baby, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Night of the Living Dead. That is for like the diehards, you really want to unpack the layers of like how this movie, like if those four movies were to have a child in 2017, Get Out is that child. Um, and then just for like, just for like loving, loving film and like what's new and like what's fun. Um, Us, of course, if you haven't seen his first and you haven't seen his second, then you need to see Us. It's absolutely incredible. And then you mentioned it already. You mentioned Ari Aster. I think that if you can like this version of horror, then you'll appreciate Ari Aster and Hereditary and Midsommar are are that I'll even go as far as to say Robert Eggers is like kind of like someone who like likes folklore likes likes doing things in a new way that's like very unnerving and mm -hmm. I think that also I'll even throw in Witch and Lighthouse also um I famously don't get the witch I don't know why everyone likes it but I do um I agree that like yeah they are in that sort of like new school of horror so if you're into that for sure um those four movies that you listed making the love child of get out that was so smart what a good observation david that was that was really good um especially stepford wives to so throw that in there that's literally like the female version the like feminism version of get out to the t like we're talking about instead of changing like minds we're talking about like little robots like I, it's to, to like to um sort of preserve the quote-unquote female form yeah right. wow wow yeah i haven't thought about stepford wives Wow, that's good. That's good. Um, I don't think I, I think you covered the pantheon of movies that I was going to suggest. Um, I think, yeah, of course, us, like if you want to stick with the, the Jordan Peele canon, for sure. Um, I think look out for Candyman, which is Nia DaCosta's new film that Jordan Peele is producing, um, which is sort of a continuation of the Candyman franchise. Um, and that you'll also be supporting another young black female director. Um, Nia is also going to helm the ne the forthcoming Captain Marvel sequel, so you can look out for that. That's like another um, Nia is like sort of I associate with Jordan as part of the Jordan Lake squad now. Um, Lovecraft Lev Lovecraft Country, I believe, is something that Jordan produced. That's on HBO now. Um, he did the the reboot of the Twilight um, Twilight Zone, so you could check that out. And of course, go back and watch his. If you're in for if you like Jordan Peele's style of social commentary. Um, and you want something lighter, like you can't handle horror movie, just go back and watch his sketches. They're all just as scathing. Um, it's just funnier. <laughs> um, so I would, I would recommend those as well. And then, um, of course, Hereditary and Midsommar, that like sort of new school horror. And I also think um, sort of like to take a horror personification of a very real thing, you could look at The Babadook, which is like an Australian horror movie about um, the personification of depression. So like, um, yeah. Those That's one of my favorite horror movies ever, by the way. Oh, same. It's it's brilliant. It was like the only good horror movie until Get Out. <laughs> that <laughs> and so that that and it follows. 
Yeah. Oh yes, it follows also Circle of Fire. Yeah. And then like Get Out and Hereditary came out, and I was like, okay, good. Finally, there's some good horror movies again. We're getting this done. We're getting it done. Hundo. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add, David, about um, Get Out or any <laughs> of the elements or any scenes or anything? I think we we covered everything that I. I mean, there was also like. I think it's worth pointing out the subtle character building right from jump with Allison Williams when she's looking at the donuts and he has, she has those big crazy eyes. You're like, Oh, is something not right here? But then you see her like defend him in front of the cop. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm back on board now. Oh my God. You're like, yeah, she's back on our team. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. 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 Um, but is there anything else you wanted to add? I think I really am looking through my notes. I feel like we covered all of those juicy, incredible things that make this movie so good. I think I'm good, my friend. Yeah, I think we we got like all the good juicy stuff and you really like opened my eyes to some other things, which thank you so much for providing your perspective, for suggesting this movie. I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I love you dearly. I love talking about movies with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Such an honor, such a blast. Um, David, where can we find you on social media? Yes, on social media. I'm just on Instagram. Um, Great. Your platform, uh, at it's dgives. Um, yeah. All right. I'll be sure to tag him so you can send him all your movie opinions. Um, again, thank you so much, David. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of His Only Vice. A quite a, a quite a fun episode to record. Um, I really got riled up. I got really passionate there, and uh, as we talked about this, um, but um, I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Gibby. Bye, Illy.